Christine Da Costa Walker. I want you to give it up for her. God has indeed been working on this woman of God. And I believe that it is her time to give out what the Lord has been put in into her. Sherdine has been a member of the Jubilee Worship Center for the past six years. She has begun her, begin, begun her journey as a Christian at a tender age of 11 years old. And has been serving God for over the past 19 years. Sherdine has been married to Andrew Walker, yours truly, <laughs> for the past five years. She has supported her husband in the Youth Impact Ministry, and she is also a Kingdom Shaper teacher and a Psalmist minister. Sherdine is a trained teacher and a graduate also from the University of Technology. She is also a mentor an illustrator, a graphic di designer, and also an artist. Not one that sings out there on your radios, but one that designs things, paints. Her favorite scripture verse is Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ, which has strengthened me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you just to stand and make welcome this morning speaker, Minister Sherdeen Dacosta Walker, as she come to the platform. Hallelujah. Let's shout hallelujah in the house of the Lord. Because God is good and he has given us the opportunity to stand here today. And so I ask you not to be limited by where you are, but to just open up your mouth and just worship God. Lift up praise unto his holy name. Hallelujah to the one who reigns forever and ever. Hallelujah to the one who sustains life. Hallelujah to the one that can make our mess into a message. Hallelujah to the one that can take a test and turn it into a testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, God. You're worthy, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Join with me to worship God. Hallelujah. You are worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy, God. You never sleep. You never slumber. You're worthy, mighty God. I worship you, God. From the clay that you made, I worship you, God. Broken, I come to you and you mended me, God. Hallelujah. 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 I greet you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And it's indeed a privilege and an honor to stand in this capacity. I greet my pastor, Pastor Wayne Palmer and Melody Palmer, 
our officers, deacons, my church members, visitors. Let us stand in the presence of the Lord once more and pray. Mighty and eternal God, I come to you. Only a vessel to be used by you. I was created for one purpose and one purpose only. And that's to give you the praise. So this morning I ask God that you would endow me with your presence. And Father, I ask for open heaven. I ask that you will open the hearts of your people. That they may hear and that they may do accordingly. Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit will nullify the forces of darkness because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and wickedness in high places. So, Father, I ask that you will let set forth your presence in this atmosphere. Father God, I ask that every child will hear. Father, you will speak to every spirit at this moment. Father God, we ask that you put everybody under subjection to your word. Mighty God, I ask that your Holy Spirit will take complete dominion in this atmosphere. In Jesus' name, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. The message for today is entitled, Trusting the Author's Heart. Trusting the Author's Heart. Have you ever read a book? You're at the edge of your seat. Or even a movie. And as you turn the page or you watch each scene, you're get, you get so drawn in it. It captivates you. Every chapter you read, you are envisioning what is happening or the movie you're seeing what is happening. Your emotions are taken to different places. The characters encounter various difficulties. However, I believe we trust the author that he's going to conclude the story with a bang. And we will feel happy with the end result. Now the same way that we can trust the author of a fictitious book, we can trust God even more. He's the one that knows your beginning. He's the one that knows your ending. And funny enough, he's the one that knows every single chapter that lies between the beginning and the ending. He's your creator. You're his creation. His masterpiece. Now in Psalms 8 verse 4 to 6, David says, What is man that you are mindful of him? And then he said, because you have made him a little lower than angels. You are a little bit lower than heavenly creatures. Just a tiny bit lower. But do we walk as though we're just lower than angels? Or do we walk as though we are at the bottom of it all? Now I will ask the question, what is trust? Now, according to the Merriam-Webster um, Dictionary, trust is assured reliance on the character, the strength, the ability, and truth of someone 
are something. And when we said assured alliance, we're talking about a confidence, a dependency on someone's ability or character. Now I ask you, what is the truth about God? What is God's character? What is it? How many of us have heard the word that says, God is love? If you have heard that, say amen. Well, I think only a few of us have heard it, so I'll proceed. How many of us have heard that he is everlasting? How many of us have heard that he is creator? He is all-powerful. He never changes. He's all-knowing. He's Alpha and Omega. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God is peace. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And the list can go on. I ask you this question. Why aren't we trusting God fully? Let's pause for a moment. This is about us introspecting. It's about us looking deep inside. I don't need to know, but you and God knows. Why is it we cannot trust the one that we say is all-knowing? Why is it we cannot trust the one who is called Jehovah Rapha? Why is it we cannot trust the one who is called Jehovah Jireh? Why is it we cannot trust the one that says, I am that I am? Why is it we cannot trust that God? Have I been trusting God as I ought to? Have I trust him during my ups and my downs? Knowing who he is. Have I doubted? How many of us are in this auditorium, in this church, that when God gives a promise, the first thing we do is wonder, will he really do it? When things are not going how we think it should, how many, of, how many of us stop and say, God, you forget about me. God, you're not bad to do this. How many of us? Our lives have many trials, tests, storms, tribulation, challenges, obstacles. Whatever you wish to call it, we have many. If there's anybody in the room that can stand and tell me that you don't have no problems, Boldly stand up and tell me so you don't have any. Because every one of us have challenges. Every one of us have obstacles. But half the time we are blindsided by the issues that we forget who we are. Whose we are. By understanding these basic fundamental principles. We will not walk around this earth defeated. And let us look a little. Do you know these words? 
I am a child of the King. Joint ears with Jesus. Romans 8, 16 to 17. Royal priesthood. Peculiar people. Chosen generation. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. We know these words. But how often are we trusting in the truth of it? Now we're going to take a moment and go through some books or through the lives of some individuals. And the first person that we're going to focus on is Job. Job experienced trials that we would say we would never, never in my life would I want to experience nothing that Job went through. Job lost children, his herd, his staff, and worst of all, Job lost his health. When you could read and hear that a man could break butters and scrape his skin for the boils to be removed from it. Job went through an experience that I am telling I would wish for nobody. Absolutely nobody. Because of how devastating it must have been to just get one little message. The crop, you lose everything. Your staff, you lose everything. Your pitney, you lose everything. You have lost it and then your health. Job was at a point where he questioned God. How many of us do that very often? God, where are they? God, you're really not there. God, you have forsaken me. God, you cannot be there and I'm going through all of this. And one of the reasons why Job questioned God is because his friends accused him of some wrongdoing for his misfortune. And I tell you, from Job 3 to 31, let's do some math. 3 from 11 is how much? 8. 28 books of accusation. Back and forth. One friend says this, Job has to be defending himself. And many of us, we have friends where we're going through problems. They come and they criticize. They must find out what has gone wrong. Job was accused by his friends. And at that point, Job stand and said, God, I need you to answer for me. Prove my innocence because I have done nothing wrong. Job was a righteous man. <laughs> Even God himself said it. Job worked um, and his friends. They use what limited knowledge they have of God to question the power of God. They use their knowledge to justify how God works. So they say that God works this way. If you do good, good follow you. If you do bad, bad follow you. That's the limited knowledge that we use to think about things. So if I do all the good in the world, I don't expect any bad. But that is not life. Once sin enters this earth, 
That's not how it is. That's not how it is. And so they try to justify what God has done. But God answered Job reminding us that he's the one in control. And I'm going to ask us to turn our Bibles to Job 38, 1 to 18. And we're going to read it together. We're going to read God's answer to Job. Then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loin like a man, for I will demand of thee an answer thou mean. Where was thou when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare it if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof? If thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundation thereof? fastened or who laid the cornerstone thereof when the morning stars sung together and all the sons of God shout for joy or who shut up the sea with doors when it break forth as if it had issued out of the womb when I made the cloud the garment thereof and thick darkness of swaddling band for it, and break up for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Ether to shall thou come, but no further, and here shall thy proud wave be stayed. Hath thou commanded the morning since thy day? And cause the day spring to know his place. That it may take hold of the ends of the earth that the wicked may be shaken out of it. It is turned as clay to the seal. And they stand as a garment. And from the wicked their light it is withholden. And the high arm shall be broken. Hast thou entered into the spring of the sea? Or hast thou walked in search of the depth? Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Hast thou perceived the breath of the earth? Declare it if thou knowest it all. This was the initial response that God gave. To Job. Now you would expect that God would have come and answer Job. God never answered the question that Job asked. He asked him, how many of us in here can look at you, the universe and fully comprehend what the universe offers? How many of us when we walk and we see that the grass is looking withered and within a few moments the rain and the grass is up green? How many of us can fathom even the birth of a child? A little sperm 
Millions of them just wiggling away and one survived to meet it and that's it. How many of us can fully comprehend? But we put a limit to God. His thought and his work are complex. More than we can imagine. But all God requires of us is one thing. Just trust him. Just trust that he's working it out. Just trust that, that assurance that if God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Remember what it says. His words will never return to him void. It will accomplish that which it was sent to accomplish. God honors his word over his own name. So if God says that I'm going to break the bonds of the enemy, it means that he's going to do it. But it doesn't mean it's going to happen in your timing or how you want it. Now, when Job heard all of this, what did Job do? If you go to Psalm 42, it says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hitheth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. For I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ears, but now mine eyes see it thee. Wherefore, I abhorred myself, I repent in dust and ashes. Job got to a point where he just had to repent. There's nothing else he could do but to repent. Because God is so complex. And I come back and I show you another complexity. If you think the police come in here and take all of our fingerprints and find anybody with the same, you have to think again. Now, we're not talking about 10 people. We're talking about billions, trillions of people that have passed through and no fingerprint is the same. That's just how complex God is. Now, I don't know how it can work out like that on the finger. Nowhere. But they're all uniquely designed for each person. God then used Job's friend to restore his wealth. He restored his health. And God blessed his latter more than his beginning. Now, this was not a reward. It was not a reward that God is saying, Oh, Job, you went through this, so let me give you this. It was a demonstration of what God is capable of doing. For everything that was meant for good, God can turn it. Everything that was meant for evil, God can turn it into good. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good for them that love the Lord. Now we're going to move to two more characters. Quickly, Esther. At no point in the book of Esther was God mentioned doing anything. 
You never hear them say, God did this. But throughout every issue, Mordecai and Esther trusted their God. Even to the point where Esther can say to her uncle, if I perish, I perish. We do not have to see God or hear God to know that he is still working on our behalf. He's working on restoring humanity to the place where he created them to be. If you look from Genesis all the way back to Revelation, all that God has been doing is trying to restore his people to where he wants them to be. But at all times, man decides to do what pleases them. Daniel, all of us are familiar with it. And we can find what I'm going to talk about in Daniel 6, verse 14 to 28. Daniel knew the king decree, but yet still he went up to his room, opened his window towards Jerusalem, and he prayed. Because he knew that that was his responsibility, no matter what happens. Now he was thrown in the lion's den, but he had faith. He had trusted his God. When King Darius come and called Daniel in the morning, I am sure he, within the bottom of his heart, he's like, I need to hear him. I know he serves a God, so I need to hear him. Has your God protected you? Has your God kept you? Till King Darius had to send out a decree to the people to serve Daniel's God. Because Daniel's God is able. God, Daniel's God never fails. I want for us to note some scriptures. So that when you're going through the roughest of time, you can use these as a reminder. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not unto your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water, that sends out its root by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries. In a year of drought, and never fail to bear fruit. God is our stream. James 1 verse 6 says, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Once you look on God, Jehovah Shalom. 
Have you ever been going through a period where you just feel this sense of calm? Even when everything seems like it's going to break apart. You just feel a sense of calm come over you. And it can only be God's presence reassuring you that you are not alone. You are never alone. I pause to share this. At the age of 10 years old, I laid on my bed. And I felt empty. I felt alone. And I remember going to church and I hear, I hear the scripture says, the Lord says he will never leave you nor forsake you. And I remember that night I was crying. And I said, God, but I hear at church. This is what they say at church. And they say, we must trust your word. And so I'm trusting your word. You say, you'll never leave me nor forsake me. But I feel like I'm alone. And I remember as I cried, I felt the pres a presence in the room. And it rested on my bedside. And that was the calmest I felt at 10 years old. And I said to my mother and my father that I want to give my life to God. Because when I was at my low, I found out that he's there. And I want to trust him. I want to hold on to his promise. I want to hold on to God. Come what may. And as you heard, 19 years of holding on, even if it felt like just a simple, simple, simple little thread, I will hold on because of what he said. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see what the Lord, that the Lord is good. How happy is the man whose trust is in God. You know why you're happy when you're trusting God? Because you let go of the load. You fling with the load. You cast your burdens on him. And you're able to walk. Because he's carrying it for you. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctify you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. Before you were born, before you were thought of, God knew you. So why if he knows you before you were even conceived, why will he leave you unattended? Why will he abandon you in the worst of your situations why will he let the ship rock left right and center and there's nobody there to say peace be still why will he do that why will he lie his word says he will comfort so why will he go back and go against his own word Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope 
and a future. So when the situation increases, when the enemy turn it up, if you have that one scripture, hold on to it. Because God knows the plan that he has for you. One with a hope and a future. Not one that you're going to die under. Hold on. Trust the author's heart. The Bible wasn't written by mere man. It was instructions given by God. So you're trusting the author's heart as you read the scriptures. The final one that I want to point out as a scripture to remind you. Trust God while walking. Hebrews 12 verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Walking and trusting God requires staying focused. How many of us, when you're driving, you're here, you must not... Make your eyes wander too long. Because if you do that, within a quint, you can hit something. So they tell you to stay focused. Now they tell you to stay focused because they know that if you don't stay focused, what is the consequences? Your parents tell you in school, take your book, focus. Because they know if you don't focus, what can happen? When trusting God, you have to remain focused. And I'll give you a case in point. Remember Jesus walking on the water? Peter said to him, if it is thee, bid me to come. What did Jesus say? Come. But what happened when Peter went? Peter was looking at Jesus all the way. But as soon as he realized that, what am I doing? He began to sink. He began to go under the pressure. It's the same thing for you and I. When we take our eyes off the author and the finisher of our faith, when we start to waver in our faith and trust in God, we begin to sink. The enemy begins to tell you, but you know, sister, you're all by yourself. Where you take up these crosses on yourself for? Dash down the cross and just go back in the world. Because you stop looking at the one who gives the light. You stop looking. You stop focusing on the light giver. And start wandering in dark. The one who gives light is the one we trust. The one who carries the light trusts his heart towards you. Because wherever he's going, if you go with him, you're not going to stumble. And even if you stumble, he's going to turn back. He's going to pick you up and carry you forward. Because that's just the heart of God. Today I ask you to stop focusing on negativity. The promise is not fulfilled. Can't bother. 
between Malachi and Matthew, we were told 400 years. 400 years. That means we would have died at least four times if you go to 100. 400 years before a promise that was given to Abraham all the way back from Genesis, a promise was finally fulfilled. And you are asked to wait a 18 years, a 5 years, a 2 years, a couple weeks, a couple days, and when you reach the middle of it, you're dying. Because God, I know me, not knowing that your one day is just a little couple seconds are not even a second good in God's presence. So when he says he's going to do something, just trust that he's going to do it. And I leave a little section to you and said this to you. Matthew 6 verse 25 to 34. Jesus was speaking. And I'm going to read a little of it for you. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought of your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat, and the body than the garment? Behold, the fowl of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in barns, yet their heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin, and yet... I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like any of these. If he can take care of the animals, you who is just a little below angel, he can more than take care of you. I can tell you there were days when I had no clue of how situation would be resolved. But I saw God's manifestation as I was unable to do anything and I depended on him. So I encourage us to do the same. But not only sometimes, but depend on him. Trust him all the time. Now in closing... Romans 5, verse 3 to 5 says, Not only so, but we are also glory in our, our suffering. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Each trials was only created to build you to what God requires.
Trust the heart of the author of your life. I'm going to ask the sound room to play a song before we pray. And I want for us to just meditate upon the words. Take your time to talk to God.
be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. And when you don't understand and you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust When you can't understand and you can't see his plan, when you can't trace his hands, trust is all. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, when we don't understand God, when we cannot see your plan, God, when we cannot trace your hands at work in our situation, help us to trust your heart. I invite us to stand. We are going to go before the Lord. And we are going to repent before the Lord. Because too often, we walk around like failures. Too often we walk around as though we are paupers. We are not enough. Too often we walk around as though we serve a dead God. We serve a God that is not able. When it is delayed, it's not denied. When he says he will do a thing, he will do it. Abba Father, I come before you. Father, I come before you because I know who you are. I come before you because from Genesis right back to Revelation, you have been proving yourself time and time again. All you have asked is for your children to come up unto you. Just to look on you. Just to trust your heart towards them. But so often we become unfaithful and trust the things of this earth. And trust the gods of this earth. Or money, or possession, Father God, or friends, or family. Instead of just depending that knowing that you are there that you are the one that can make a way when there seem to be no way and so father i ask of you to forgive us forgive us for for cursing at time forgive us for murmuring at times forgive us for questioning every decision that you have made forgive us almighty god because of our frailty. Forgive us. Give us a heart of trust. Daddy, forgive Give us a heart that when there's no food, that we trust that you will provide. When the bills are due and we don't see it, that you will make a way. When we're sick, you are still Jehovah Rapha. When everything is falling apart, our relationship 
our children are going astray. When we feel as though we're losing our minds with the cares of this world. Help us to trust you. Help us to trust the one who says all we need to do is ask and believe. Father God, help us to be what you have called us to be. Father, today I ask that you renew every heart today. That we will trust you come what may. We will trust your hand, come what may. When the enemy comes in a flood, to trust that you will raise up a standard against the enemy. Trust that you will send forth your angel to guard us. Trust that you are our help that cometh, mighty God. Trust that you are rock, you are our refuge, you are our strength. Trust your heart towards us father help your children those that are on the brink of just throwing in the towel of giving up give them a renewed confidence that you are working it out have your way in jesus name i pray amen and amen you may be seated I invite the mother in please